Hello, it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, January 25th. A lot of people have talked about this conversation that we got to have with Aaron earlier today. Now, let's go ahead and enjoy the hell out of it. A lot of things were said. Can't wait to see the speculation begin immediately tomorrow morning. And we can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day. All the boys are here. AJ's here. Rappaport's here. Aaron's here. Let's get to it. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, January 25th, 2022. Two hours from now, Aaron Rodgers will be joining us for a conversation. We did not know if he was going to be here. We did not want to make him feel as if we were forcing him to come speak because there's a lot of things to chat about. Obviously, he broke the internet again last week. Then they lost. Now his future, what's going to happen, who's going where. There's a lot of talking points going into this particular conversation just two days removed from an incredibly surprising exit from the NFL season in which he's probably going to win his second MVP in two years. So did I think he was going to come back on the show at some point? Yes. Did I expect it to be this early in the week on the normal Aaron Rodgers Tuesday? No, honestly, I did not because I think he has a lot to figure out and go through and how he would like to address some things because every single word that he says is going to get scrutinized and talked about, not just in Green Bay, Wisconsin, but in a lot of cities that have NFL teams that are looking ahead to next year saying, how do we get over the hump? How do we win the Super Bowl? We have an entire roster. We have a lot of money. A beautiful stadium, an owner that is probably kindred spirits with Aaron Rodgers. How do we get that guy onto our team? And I'm not just necessarily talking about the Indianapolis Colts in specific because that would be fucking hilariously awesome. I'm talking about a lot of other cities as well. Denver's already got a kind of etched in stone that they're going to have Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback next year. Pittsburgh fans haven't given up all hope that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there. How about Cleveland? How about Carolina? How about Miami? There is literally so much to talk about with every single word that Aaron is going to say two hours from now, and I can't wait for it. I'm pretty excited about it. There's also many other breaking news happening around the NFL and big news happening around everywhere. Ian Rappaport will join us in about 15 minutes. We will ask him some questions about his sources, Mm -hmm. what he's hearing, what does he know, what does the future of the NFL look like, and going into championship weekend, is there anything we should keep our eyes on? Like Trent Williams, who uh, MRI came back negative, they're going to take it day by day. He's one of the toughest dude walking. Let's assume oh, yeah. he's going to play. What does that mean for everybody? Uh, can't wait to chat with Ian. Obviously, the boys are here at Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor, the toxic table. Mullet looks good, Connor. Ty, got to be excited that Aaron's stopping by. And I know the internet was ready to say, hey, Throw Rogan ain't showing up. Throw Rogan ain't going to stop by. No way. Uh, but I honestly believe that we thought there was a chance he wasn't going to come till later in the week either. I, I didn't think that he was going to come on Tuesday, and I didn't want to make him feel bad about it or feel forced to do it. But him stopping by, I'm excited to maybe get some clarity on a lot of question marks currently circling the Green Bay Packers' future. Yeah, me too. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what he says. And again, I, I don't think you know any of us are expecting any groundbreaking decisions to be made today on what he's going to do moving forward because he said you know at the before free agency starts he'll make a decision but he said that yeah, well, they're reporting that he said that. I mean, I don't know if he said that. Yeah, because AJ said that yesterday yeah, on the show, exactly. too. exactly. So and that then, might be, by the way, we need to realize that if AJ's saying it and allegedly Aaron's saying it, it's like, okay, here is the thought that going into the free agency, we have a lot of decisions to make on the future. What do we want to do? And I don't think, what, 
Retirement has not been ruled out, right? No. Right. No. That has not been ruled out yet. I don't think so. So we're going to try to get our shovels out and get to the bottom of that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But it also, it's very, you know, it's tough because I think you're, st- I'm still kind of just shell shocked. You're expecting them to be playing this weekend and they're not. And then you look at, the, hey, it kind of comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? It, it does. Yeah. And yeah, you take one quick trip to Clontown, all of a sudden your fucking team's out. Yeah. Of. My God. You go to Buffalo, get steamrolled by 30 yeah. points. Your team's fucking out. See you in seven months. All of a sudden you're in a snow globe and Bob Gold hits a 45 yard field goal and your season is fucking over out of nowhere. I mean, it comes quick. It, yeah. it really does. And that's why I think it's maybe easier to process this one as a fan because last year it's, you know, it's like you're. You're right there. You get beat. Hey, we're minutes away from going to the Super Bowl. So it's like, you know, well, you lose in the divisional round, obviously. You know, I mean, it's just. A couple more weeks to relax. Yeah. yeah. So I suppose. But also, we talk about the cap number and stuff like that and how some teams are somehow able to do it. But like the Packers, it's just like, it's very tough to see a situation where a lot of the guys who were key contributors this year are going to be back next year with the cap situation that they're uh, in. Matt the Flower mm-hmm. has come out and said that they have a plan on how they can keep all the key contributors around, even though they are currently sitting at $38 million over the cap. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. It's not yeah. good. They can save $19 million, I think I read this morning from ESPN Stats and Info. Um, they can save $19.3 million or something like that if they cut or trade Aaron Rodgers. And there was some agreement allegedly made uh, before last season between Aaron and the team that Aaron gets to basically pick and choose what happens to him. And I think they all understand that. I think it's been reported by insiders that have the team's um, ear, mm-hmm. maybe. They're saying that Aaron does have the wish to be traded if he wants. That's already kind of getting out there. So I think that foundation is already being set. The precedent is already being set by people like, this is 100%. Aaron's decision yeah. to do whatever Aaron wants to do. And you got to figure that just like coaches make decisions around the salary cap, like for instance, Sean Payton is, he doesn't know what his future looks like. Yeah, they are also 40 some million dollars over the cap. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of, or 70 Seven, some, yeah. 71 mm-hmm. million uh, over the cap. So, I mean, his future is in question because maybe Sean Payton has accomplished a lot and is very well known as a great coach. He has a Netflix series coming out about him and he's accomplished everything and he has a lot of respect and his tenure and everything like that. And maybe that's why he's not thinking about coaching and, they don't have a quarterback, obviously, one year without Drew. is like, right. oh, okay, there's a little bit different mm-hmm. playing football here. And maybe also because they have to clear 70 fucking million dollars, yeah. which is so much money. The, the salary cap went up to $205 million. Just to put things in perspective, $205 million. This is by far the highest it's ever been. 70% of 205, what's that, about 33%, 32% or whatever? They're 32% over <laughs> the <laughs> highest salary Yikes. cap in history. There's a lot of moves that are going to have to be made, and that is probably why some people are like I don't know what next year looks like for me down there it's like yeah life could be miserable and I'm not saying that Aaron's thinking that with the Packers right because he has a home there he has comfort there he has a routine there he has life there he and the floor other than this last game and the first game of the season have pretty good success together at this point because they're kind of in each other's brains and everybody in the building he loves being a Packer I think he mm-hmm. loves everybody in the building you know so that is also on the other side of it so I mean, it is a massive question mark, though, on what the fuck he's going to do. And then if you listen to Let's Go podcast, which we did all season. We did. 
but not everybody did, I think, until this particular episode. Uh-huh. Right. Shout out to Jim Gray and Shout Tom out. Bray. Thank you, Thank Jim. you guys. L- Thanks for those ads, too. Yeah. Serious, so X- cool Serious XM, quick math, 17 times 5. 18 times 5. Just quick math. 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 90. 90. 90. Okay, so that, we listened to 90 ads. That's right. Before we got to a point where everybody else had heard the same show that we heard. Uh-huh. Right. That math was brought to you by Quicken Loans. Thank you, Quicken Loans. Spot on. Thank you, Quicken Loans. Thank you, Quicken Loans. New sponsor. I mean, that's not for our business, but that's because Quicken oh. Loans sponsored the Let's Go podcast, which had a segment, a question, answer, ad. Yeah. Boom. Question, answer, ad. What? Boom. So each question was sponsored almost. Yeah, genius. 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 Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that is that is just next level business. I'm sure it did very well because it didn't, you didn't get the sense in the middle of the show, like, okay, these ads are really getting to the point where I'm starting like, almost dislike this company yeah, almost. as opposed to like them because they're getting going. And we had been saying all year that more people should have listened to let's go this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's fucking Tom Brady speaking and a guy that's a very close family friend, Jim Gray. Yes. And although he runs a very different interview than us or anybody else, because he's his own person, there was still Tom Brady speaking every single week and we would get some things out of there and we'd listen, but not a lot of people were listening. No, it, it, no. it really didn't feel like that. And that's, I'm not blaming Tom. I'm not blaming Jim. I'm not blaming Sirius. For whatever reason, it just wasn't catching on as much as we had thought it was going to be looking at the season. Okay? Looking into the season, we got Tom Brady speaking every fucking Monday. We got Aaron speaking Tuesdays. And then whatever's going to happen on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is going to be good for the whole thing. We are very excited that, okay, we're getting to hear two of the Mount Rushmore football players of all time each week through an entire season. Uh, it's, It's awesome. And then as the year went on, it was like, well, there's not really much coming out of mm-hmm. that no. Let's Go thing. And I don't know why. I don't know how. But I do know this most recent episode, which you can find where all podcasts are available, mm-hmm. I believe. That's right. Talked a lot about. Tom Brady's probably done. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's it. Much different Tom. Hey, family. It does. It does. And mm-hmm. Tone Diggs, I'm sorry I didn't introduce you earlier, but how's your family, oh, obviously? Yeah. How's your family? I mean, that is uh that's a big thing. And once the smoke started leaking out of the building, and I don't know if it came from Tom's camp or people around Tom or people that had maybe heard or seen the way things were going and just were speculating, and that's how it got out. But once the rumors of like, hey, this might be Tom's last run got out. And Tom didn't immediately squash them, which he would do on Twitter. And I yep. watched a special, I think it was on ESPN's kickoff show. I believe it was ESPN's kickoff show, where teammates were saying that they see Tom actually on his Twitter account in the locker room tweeting. And they're like, oh, shit, it is actually Tom doing this thing. And they they appreciate him. I think it was he. So he would normally put that shit to bed quick. Oh, yeah. Just because, although a lot of people think differently about Tom, I think his persona and likeness has changed mightily over the last three years since leaving New England. I think that Howard Stern interview helped a lot. Mm-hmm. I think his Twitter account has helped a lot. And although, you know, I think a lot of people like, there's still a lot of people that don't like Tom Brady because he broke the hearts of their favorite team mm-hmm. uh, for 20 years straight, basically. Yeah. Even more. I mean, think. I mean, just for twenty years straight, he was doing that. Yeah. So, and he was handsome, and he has a model wife, and he was winning these Super Bowls, and he was getting. There was obviously scandals that were happening in yeah. this time. Anytime somebody's successful for twenty years, by the way, I'm going to make a prediction now. If any team is as dominant as the Patriots are in any league, there's going to be scandals. 
A lot of them. For two decades, because other teams are going to be like, how the fuck is this team playing by the same rules as us <laughs> and winning for 20 years straight whenever nobody else is? So there's going to be scandal around a lot of success, but Tom was associated with that. So a lot of people just fucking hate him, I think, naturally. Every town I've lived in has hated Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, every, every town yeah. I've lived in has been like, no, nah, they all have their own... Uh, New England sucks. Tom Brady swallows. Mm -hmm. uh, every city has that Bell in their check. in their strip district area where there is clothes, T-shirts for sale. Mm -hmm. There is some sort of New England Patriot Tom Brady bashing in basically every AFC city. I would assume. Yeah, that is a capiz. So. I think there's a natural hatred for the guy, but he is not like an I am me guy at all. I don't think. None of his teammates have said that. He will talk shit. I think he is a savage. I believe he is oh, yeah. a ruthless competitor, a savage. But I think he has been very much like a team guy his entire time because he was picked 199, was probably viewed amongst his peers a lot. Like, hey, you're just as much as these guys. He got coached in the same exact fashion as a rookie as he did like 15 years in. So and even in his documentary he did with ESPN, he put like three other people's stories within his documentary. I think he's naturally like a spread the love type guy. And maybe it's because he, he doesn't want all the hate either. Like, hey, you should hate these people yeah. too. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a flip zone there. But I don't think he would like the fact that a story about him retiring is potentially bigger than the team yes. that he's on. Just personally, I think. I'm, I might be wrong completely. I've never met the motherfucker. I have I've just watched and, you know, been a big fan because if you're that good at the biggest sport in the biggest league and you're the greatest, like, I'm naturally going to be inclined to be like, hey, a lot of work probably went in. God damn. God damn. You probably had to do a lot. So I just have like a natural respect for that, I think. I've never met, but I don't think that would be something that he'd be okay with floating out there if it wasn't real. Like, I think he would put that to bed quick. Oh, yeah. And then you listen to the Let's Go podcast. There's a lot of, my kids deserve a good dad. Mm -hmm. My wife deserves a good husband. What they sacrificed for me for the last six months so I can do what I do. Like, I deserve to, or they deserve for me to return the favor. You know, just interesting stuff. And maybe Tom has always been like this after the seasons, and we just haven't heard it. But he didn't just automatically cut off the rumor. And maybe he'll linger. Like, maybe he'll have that, I don't want to retire because this is all I know, but I want to be a good family person as well, and I'm missing a lot. And maybe he'll battle back and forth. But this is the first time I think I've heard him not say, like, I love my sport. I love competing. I love being able to go out there with my teammates and accomplish something bigger than myself. Like that is always the routine machine Tom Brady answer. Boom. Yep. You can just go ahead and take it out, put it down, go ahead and cycle it in. He was supposed to be done in 2015. He was supposed to be done years ago. And it's just the same thing. I love my sport. I love doing this. I love now it sounds like there's a little bit of like, oh, my family might actually deserve like my time around here. And I've probably given up and had to sacrifice a lot of that stuff so that I could absolutely be dominant here. And watching the doc, it feels like it's all just kind of like a Cinderella story coming to an end. I, I'm not it, even though they lost, he said it's better to be in the arena and lose than to not be in the arena and the man in the arena, that whole thing. So I think he's going to struggle with retirement and changing the chapter. But this is the first time I've heard a little bit of like a doubt. And I think for those guys that are way at the the super, super duper thing, I don't think doubt is something that creeps in and they don't react to. You yeah. know, I think he will react to that. Yeah, no way. This is a much different Brady than we've ever seen. And to your point, he didn't come out and squash those rumors because you know Jeff Darlington is pretty tied in with the Brady camp. So whenever you see something about him, about Brady from Darlington, it's typically very, okay. very... Okay, so um, A.J. Hawk, mm -hmm. 
Aaron Rodgers coming from yes. Aaron probably mm-hmm. you, you probably pretty good now he didn't he broke the same news like four times in the last Aaron Rodgers news cycle yeah yep. uh-huh. do you remember that oh he, yeah different shows AJ Hawk says this uh-huh. and, yep. and then like a month later when we hadn't had any answers he repeated what he said and it was like oh, oh close friend AJ Hawk yeah. who was at the Kentucky Derby with Aaron Rodgers is now reporting which I guess technically is accurate depending upon the emphasis you put on now reporting. True. If you say like now as in breaking news, okay, that's false. But if you say now like it's hap- he is right now right. also doing this. So that's how they slip it by there. But Darlington, you're saying straight from Tom Brady. Exactly. He's the one that was basically the first to report two years ago, hey, you should probably keep an eye on Tampa because that seems to be the place where Brady's looking. Uh, but, you know, watching the man in the arena, one of the biggest things throughout the whole entire thing is about how the relationships are the most important to him and nobody's bigger than the team. And he mentions, you know, the idea of a farewell tour because Jim Gray asked him, and he's like, that would probably be more of a distraction than, you know, me taking it all in. And him in the locker room, his teammate says he's almost been kind of different. And earlier in the year, he was talking about how, yeah, like I thought about playing till I was 45. I've said that a lot, but also at the same time, I know I could play till 50, but really it's more about the fact that I, you know, I'm going to miss out on a lot of family time. Like it, the whole year has been really weird. And even the documentary in itself, it was like, man, he's making a doc. Cause you think of, you know, Jordan and Brady and Jordan did his documentary 30 years after he stopped playing and Brady's doing it while he's still playing. It just seems how many more like, chapters could there be? Exactly. If he's already releasing his, entire story you know then what else does he have to prove and obviously you know the undefeated season kept him going but at this point he knows it's too hard to win every single goddamn game in nfl season hey kayfabe here but what if he um what if he signed that extension to to throw off the yeah throw off any of the retirement rumors i think that would i think that would make a lot of sense also kind of everyone who's coming back for a year gronk he's gone or not gone but hey by the way here okay so good transition actually you're right they signed everybody signed one-year deals basically and mike greenberg the cap guru down Mm -hmm. there was able to make it all work and kind of make that whole thing gronk came out and tweeted like thank you year 11 year 12 question mark how we doing so is he gonna stick around year 11 in the books what a ride it's been grateful to the bucks for giving me an opportunity to play another year to my teammates thank you for giving everything you had the sweat we shed and memories made will never be forgotten thanks to the crew too with a pirate flag obviously for the buccaneers year 12 question mark hmm. rob gronkowski has experienced retirement life hmm. already one time uh does tom brady's decision necessarily mean that's rob gronkowski's decision at this point i don't know i don't know if that's what that tweet means joining us now is a guy who might have an answer uh sports insider for the biggest leagues network and oh. the biggest leagues website Ladies and gentlemen, the big handsome, you can't spell the word comedian without this man's name. The host of the weekly wrap up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. What's up? What's up, dude? When we heading to the bunny hill? You getting out there today, huh? Hitting the hitting the slopes, apres ski a little bit, huh? No, no, uh, no skiing today. You know, I, I got a busy day of. Uh, I got another call after this. And, wow. Um, wow. I got to do some laundry and wow. um, had to do the Peloton. So I got a lot going know, on today. Um, but I think Saturday in the morning, I'm going to do a little skiing. I'll let you know how it goes. Ooh. Oh, before the conference championship Sunday, go ahead and hit the hills on uh, Saturday morning. Uh, how much news do you think is breaking this week or next week? Do you think there's about to be an active week of news breaks or what? I really, really, really do. I mean, think of all the things that could happen. You got the Bears and Vikings could hire GMs like 
pretty quickly next couple days. Okay. Um, you have the Broncos hosted Nathaniel Hackett yesterday, sent him home, but like that could happen if they don't bring in Dan Quinn. The Bears are moving along in their head coaching search. Giants are moving on their head coaching search. Um, we okay. could get news so let's from hit a couple. Sean Payton. What's he doing? I mean, there's a lot of stuff hanging out there, I would say. Okay, so let's hit a couple of these things that might have some answers sooner than later. Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray from uh, SiriusXM, I believe. Five ads per thing. He's alluding to retirement. And, and Darlington reported it, and Connor, who's a New England Patriots fan from Boston, said if Darlington's reporting it, it's probably coming out of the camp. He's pretty well dialed in there. And uh, is retirement imminent here for the greatest player of all time? Um. I'm not going to correct you there because I would never do that. Darlington did report it. You're right. He's very plugged in. He's a great guy, and he's got great hair. I also reported it at the same time. Same thing. Must have missed it. Just click. Just as punishment, just click on the NFL.com article a little bit. It would be nice. Um, <laughs> I listened to the – Brady's hilarious, right, because he goes into the game saying he hasn't thought about it one bit. Talk to people close to him. They're like, oh, he's so focused on the game. Got it. After the game – haven't thought about it, focused on the present. Goes on his own podcast and is like, well, here are all the reasons I'm strongly considering retirement. And, like, if you listen to the words, like, you know, there's sort of an old adage. When you think about retirement, you're kind of already there. And, oh, my God, did he sound like he's there, right? I mean, am I crazy? No, no. Yeah, we, li- we literally just let off the show with thinking, like, those guys that are at that level, as soon as doubt creeps in, I don't think they not – you know, make adjustments yeah. because of it. And him talking about his family and everything, and also the Tom Brady camp with their social media, if that was to get out there, he would have crushed it if it wasn't true. Uh, I'm, I, by the way, if it is the case, we're all incredibly happy and thankful oh, for yeah. Tom. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you Tommy. Thomas, Love Edward, you, Tom. Patrick, Brady, Brady the well, second. Sure. You know, it's interesting, though. It's like people – so when I reported the thing on Sunday – Everybody asked me, why would he retire, right? Like, the story comes out and everyone is suddenly awake at 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Why would he retire? And I keep thinking, why would he keep playing? Like, football is awesome. I love football and I love to watch it. But he's 44. He's won a million titles. He's rich. Uh, he's in great shape. So it's not like he has some terrible injury. So he's going to escape his career without an injury. He's got an amazing family that he wants to hang with, like, it's good. Just, you know, yeah, like. But he's had that for the last, like, what, 15 years at this point, if he really wanted to. It's that, it's that competitive thing, you know, that all those super high-end competitive stamina dudes and ladies talk about whenever it's towards the end, how they don't want to give up that competition and the drive and the chase of perfection. And blo- I, Believe me, I don't have it either. I, I mean, I retired after eight years. I don't know how people go on for 20 years. Well, and, and, and when you retired, was it like – Man, I miss like, or were you like you retired and then it was you were done? Uh, well, I stopped kicking, so I didn't get the urge to go back for like a year and a half or so. So I wanted to commit fully to oh, I get the okay. internet. So I, yeah, so I had to cut myself off. I love kicking balls and everything like that. But your entire life's focus being on kicking balls, I was done with that. Like I'm, 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 I'm I am no longer going to do that. I'm going to try to focus on other things. These dudes and ladies that are at the top of the, they commit their entire beings to this shit. I mean, TB12 yeah. was created so he could extend his body long enough at a higher, higher level so he could continue to go there's just a different switch that those you know it's yeah. it's wild and you and i would never get there you know like you're skiing on saturday or whatever if 
Tom Brady couldn't figure out the bunny hill, I'd assume he wouldn't leave the bunny <laughs> hill, you know, like until it was figured out. You know what I mean? It's like there's all these like great stories of Brady when he was in New England. Like, you know, he's playing ping pong with Julian Edelman and Edelman beats him. And Brady fires a ping pong paddle at his head. And they're all told as if they're these like cute stories. I'm like, this is not normal. Like if one of my friends fired a ping pong paddle at my face, like I'd be like, I'm going to call the police. No, oh, yeah, well, geez. see, there's You're another thing. Like, you uh, are soft, yeah, obviously. You like the time, no. though, yeah, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you are yeah. soft. Yeah. I don't want my kids to see, you know, somebody waving their finger in somebody's face. No, like, I understand that you are a breed of white that has that particular view of things, and obviously you guys have been heard, obviously, in a lot of situations. But, yeah, I mean, that type of competitive edge is what drives people to be up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. They talk about it with LeBron, mm -hmm. obviously, currently happening and tom and if he's done i'll be excited to see what he does next because i assume he's just gonna make billions and billions and billions of dollars yeah. oh yeah i don't know how it's gonna work out but i assume I that's think probably right yeah he just sent me uh not me but us an entire well i think it was all in my side oh, yeah. Yeah, it was the entire brady brand down here it's awesome oh yeah mm -hmm. it's gonna do well i assume i uh I'm happy. Thank you for your service, Tom. Thank, Thank you, Tom. Tom. Okay, so let's stick in the Tom Brady vein here because you have a plug as well. You broke the news. We obviously didn't see that. We apologize yeah, well. on uh, on that on our behalf there. Gronkowski, yeah. if if Tom retires, Gronk's retiring because Gronk has always said like Tom's my quarterback. Tom's my quarterback. He came back for Tom. But with how his body feels and he experienced retirement, he's still balling out. Will he maybe come to the Colts with Aaron Rodgers as well, or? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Sign him up. Um, okay. I, Here we go. I have always been under the understanding that Gronk will only play for Brady. And I've talked talked to him. I've talked to people close to him. It's never wavered. Like, when, as long as Brady is going to play, he's going to play. And when Brady doesn't, he's not going to play for any other quarterback. Which is also amazing because, like, think about that life. You're like, I will only play for the greatest quarterback who ever lives. And everyone's like, I get it. Um, <laughs> and so I do get it. So I don't know. If Brady's done, like... Would Gronk be done? I would imagine he would be. And then it would be like such a cool second act for Gronk. I mean, as cool as Brady's, you know, like he could have been done. He would have been a Hall of Famer anyway. I don't think I mean, he's one of the greatest tight ends ever. So there's no debate. He was on 100. But like, yeah. this is this is so cool. And like, you know, and I'm sure there's money and whatever. But like, he didn't spend any of his own money anyway. So like, he's rich regardless. Like, it's just, it's awesome. You know, well, and the uh, ice shaker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. those are crushing. Mm -hmm. they do. We, we got a we got a couple of those sent to the house. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Whoa! Whoa. You also just said you wanted to file a lawsuit yeah. at a friend that threw a paddle at your face after a ping pong game. I mean, just, just come over and answer some questions. Is all I'm saying. Like. You know, I'm not just don't be throwing a paddle at. Him. So I actually had a teammate. I won't say his name, but he's very large, and he played left tackle whenever I was there. And we went to Japan together for a USO tour. <laughs> okay, he is okay. very large, and he and I were hanging out a good bit there for a while. And then I went into basically just solitude. But he's a good guy, great guy, super competitive. We played ping pong one time at a tournament. I thought he was going to pick me up and throw me off. <laughs> oh no! It was awesome. Like there was a moment there, I was like, "Oh, I should stay away from the big fella right now." <laughs> And uh, I got lucky in that game, too, because he's a very good ping pong player. I'm talking about Anthony Costanzo. Paisan <laughs> is a good ping. He's, his wingspan mm -hmm. is just unbelievable. So you can't really, you just got to play defense all the time. But that competitive level, Ian, I'm surprised that you, you, you don't have a single human around you that has ever been <laughs> like that. I, I mean, I guess not, but it is. That drives these people. That's like Gronk. Gronk knows he could still be great. Gronk got the chance to experience, and Gronk is so cool. So maybe that's why. 
He's just like, yeah, I'm cool with it, whatever, if I was to do it or not. Let's bounce around a little bit. Uh, let's look ahead to uh, the Giants are just going to hire the Bills and the Broncos are just going to hire the Packers. Is that is that what's going on? Dayball, uh, I mean, Dayball is definitely a strong candidate there. Uh, and I think he went in as a really strong candidate because they hired Joe Shane from the Bills. And, like, this all makes sense. And, you know, like, the only thing that matters really is the quarterback. Like, we can talk about all the other stuff, but the quarterback matters most. And Dayball did an incredible job taking Josh Allen from a guy who everyone thought was just some, like, inaccurate kind of something and one of the best and most fun quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, Dayball's had a lot to do with it, and stability had a lot to do with it, and so the culture they built in Buffalo was great. Um, so that makes sense. Flores interviews on Thursday, so I would still say he's got a chance because there's still some, still some interest there. So I don't think it's a slam dunk. Um, but I think it's it's possible, and I think that's definitely heating up. Flores would let Daniel Jones know immediately. Yeah, you've stunk yeah. for the last three years. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, and Flores, by the way, he's from there, right? Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, he could come, yeah, turn. Be a nice feel-good story. And he got Dolphins to win somehow. Didn't yeah. he? he got the Dolphins to win somehow. Nobody expected that since what? Marino fucking send it, dude. In that, <laughs> there was no fucking flub. <laughs> nope. Dan Marino is the best. We found this clip of him cutting a promo for something back in the day. It was behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And immediately after, a producer goes, you want to hear that back? He goes, I don't want to hear shit. (laughs) Fucking send it. Fucking send it, dude. I love him. He has this (laughs) Pittsburghese, deep Pittsburghese accent. I love Dan Marino. Um, Let's talk a little bit before we get to Aaron Rodgers and what you're hearing. Let's talk about Trent Williams out there for San Francisco. MRIs came back negative. He's going to play. Ticketmaster released the tickets for San Francisco folks to come into Los Angeles. That's good news. Anything else we should look at at these championship games that are kind of lingering around? Uh, Yeah, Trent Williams' injury is something to watch. It was, you know, when you get to this point in the playoffs, almost everybody plays, right? So, and everybody's hurt, and everybody's hurt too. And everybody's hurt, (laughs) right? So, like, and Trent Williams is awesome and was out there, uh, I believe, finished the game this past weekend despite this injury. So, like, I think he's gonna go, but it was a little alarming that Kyle Shanahan said we found some old stuff in there. And I was kind of like, well, that's not great because that means that whatever's going on in the ankle is probably like not a minor thing, you know. Um, but guys play through a lot, and so I think he's going to be out there. Debo Samuel took a helmet to the knee. I think he's going to be good to go. Um, the ticket thing is kind of like a fun story, but it's going to be really interesting because, like, it is possible that those that they pack the place, and it is like a loud 49ers contingent, which you know all the Rams keep saying is like, don't like don't sell your tickets. That's like a real. What was that four weeks ago? Right, four yeah, weeks Kelly ago. Stafford. Kelly Stafford came out and talked about how. Matthew Stafford had to go silent count at home, and Jimmy G was doing hard or cadence. It's just crazy. It's a very she's gonna be really pissed if that happens this weekend. Well, they, I mean, at least the Rams got ahead of it a little bit. They yeah. at least made a big story out of it and allowed not allowed the tickets to be sold for a little bit. I like right. the gamesmanship, but also the Niners faithful has been waiting for this here for a few years now. It seems like they're all the way back. What does the future look like for them if Jimmy G? Let's say they lose this week. Okay, congrats, right. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford was in Detroit. 
Detroit forever, playing yeah. the exact same way he's playing right now. Made zero playoff wins or anywhere near uh, the Super Bowl. He goes out to L.A., boom, Shane Matty Stafford makes the Super Lions Bowl. Lions are cursed. Okay, so let's just say, pay Calvin Johnson his money. Thank it, you. It's very sure. easy to just make it happen. I think that all happens. But So let's say that happens. Jimmy G and them lose in the NFC Championship game. Okay. Uh, they've been there a few times, three out of the last four years. His record is like 49 and 18 or something like that as a starter. I forget exactly what it is. What do they do look at the future? You just kind of sit on Lance another year? You give Jimmy G another year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think they'll have interest in Jimmy G. He's, he's going to be making 20, I think, six. I forget what it is, but it's in the 20s next year. Um, so not crazy for a starting quarterback. I think he's shown that he is a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL who's going to play through some injury and going to be tough. I mean, what he's playing through now is, like, legit. Um, so I think he's shown a lot. His trade market is good. Uh, I think the 49ers are probably in the place they wanted to be, which is they, they believed before the season they had a playoff-ready roster, right? And obviously when they struggled at the beginning, everyone was kind of like, huh? But they really are, they have a really good roster. And Jimmy G has been the quarterback to lead them there. He's not perfect, as we see, um, but he is the best option this year. They're going to get to the offseason, and they're going to have trade interest, and my guess is it'll be significant. And they'll have the opportunity to trade him for a real draft pick and turn it over to Lance, which to me makes the most sense. Because um, I don't know that it's been a thing where Jimmy G has been like, I am definitely the starter no matter what. Because, like, you know, he's been good, but it's like there's been some up and down. There's it's Yeah. It's hey, the conversation down. you're having right now was happening in the office mm, this morning yeah. between two people. And I'm not going to name names, but that whole Jimmy G narrative about – He's not good. You don't need him. He only had six pass attempts in an NFC Championship game or divisional round. They still won. Oh, yeah. He's 3-0 and with throwing zero touchdowns in the playoffs oh, or whatever. So you think to yourself, well, any other quarterback could do that potentially. But if the motherfucker wins, and there's a lot of people that don't win, and then Richard Sherman comes out and says, hey, all of his teammates love him, that type of leadership, I guess, is kind of the, the type of decision that Shanahan and Lynch have to make ultimately at the end of the day. Like, if we lose that guy, what all, what else do we lose? Like, what else do we lose? And is it worth it? Do we know? Those decisions are tough. Uh, go ahead, Ty. Rap Sheet, obviously it's very uh, fresh here with them losing on Saturday. But what are you hearing about Rodgers? Is there, with the cap situation they're in, a lot of guys are probably not going to be back next year. And also, with Hackett getting uh, head coaching interviews, is there kind of like the implication that, hey, if we hire him, there's a decent chance we might get Rodgers as well? Uh, all right, first on the team thing, uh, I think they can run it back. Like, I know they're in some cap trouble, but the cap's going up, and it's, you know, somewhat significantly. And you can figure it out. Like, Devontae Adams will probably get franchised, or they'll do a new deal with him. So I don't think he's going anywhere. You know, they'll probably lose huh? one of the Smith brothers, would be my guess. Um, and there's some other, you know, Randall Cobb's on the books for, like, $9 million next year. He's probably not coming back, certainly not at that salary. Um and there's plenty of things they can do to reload, run it back, draft. I mean, they're in they're in a really good spot. I know there's some cap things they need to do, but they're in a good spot to reload uh, instead of just completely rebuild. And, you know, they're going to do everything they can to get Rodgers back. So all the things that they need to do to make him happy, I believe they are going to try to do. Um, what does that mean? Because yeah. oh, you're, yeah. you're probably hearing this from the other side, I guess. We're, we obviously chat with Aaron. It sounds like you maybe have a source that's on the other side of this entire thing. What do they think that is? Do, have you had those conversations with those people? Or if you had to project on what they thought that was, what do you think it is? 
I haven't had the conversation specifically about like, here's what will make Aaron happy, but Devonte Adams is not going anywhere, and I would imagine you know mm-hmm. one of the top three receivers in the NFL would probably make him very happy. Um, so he'll either get franchise tagged or he'll get. An extension. Devonte uh, ain't going nowhere. nowhere. That's twenty point one million is what uh, ESPN was reporting this morning. But we saw it as like seventeen or nineteen. We forget yeah. what it is. But the franchise tag—that's that's a lot of money. That's guaranteed cash too in the one year with the salary cap gymnastics they're going to have to do. You're saying that they they're going to figure out how the hell to keep Devonte Adams around, regardless. Right, and they can do you know they can basically do a deal that's based on where the franchise tag would be, but make their cap number this year a little lower. So, like, they could they could figure it out. Um, and then the other part about Hackett. So, like, let's say the Broncos hire Hackett, which they did a second interview him yesterday. Like, I think there's a real chance. Um, they will probably promote from within and make Luke Getze the offensive coordinator. He is apparently very, very good. He's been sought after for years as an OC. Um, I would Man, imagine Getze, that would make yeah. – I mean, you'll, you could ask hey, your two about Getze. You probably know, but – I would think they'd make him happy. That would oh, make him happy. Okay, sweet. Uh, last thing from me, and I think Connor has a question, and we can't thank you enough for joining us on this busy Tuesday where you have calls packed to the gills. Mm. Uh, there's a report. And the Peloton. Yeah, you're part of that cult, huh? I mean, there's there's people that are part of that Peloton oh, yeah. cult. I mean, mm-hmm. it's changing lives. It's got Chuck Chuck Pagano's on that thing two times a day. CFO Phil's going 100% resistance oh, yeah. every day, basically, on that. Good luck. Yeah, That's this a terrible idea. Well, this is one of those guys where you're playing ping pong with each other. There's a chance he's not just going to be like, hey, good game after you beat him. You know, like that. <laughs> he's firing in my face. I got you. All right. Yeah, CFO Phil, he don't play fucking games, especially uh-huh. in a competitive sphere. I mean, a marathon tried to kill him a couple years back, and he's going right back mm-hmm. at him. That guy started a marathon, didn't finish it. Oof. Now he's going to run two didn't of them. Finish. Right. Huh? Didn't finish? Yeah, he almost died out there because of what we oh. were just talking about. He tried to sprint with the professionals. Five minute pace, and he yeah. he tried to sprint with the professionals. He got twenty miles into that somehow, Impressive. and then his body said, "Hey, we we've been training for eight months, wow. dude." Yeah. yeah, and he went down. Yeah, but he was breaking records. Like he was, oh he's God. tracked on his thing, and I was like following along. Like, hey, how is he doing? <laughs> this is our CFO, by the way. That, no, your CFO would never. Whoever's watching, just want to let you know. <laughs> yep. Whoever's watching, this guy. Yeah, he almost died out there trying to actually compete in the marathon as opposed to finish the marathon. So, I mean, that is wild. Hopefully, wow. he survives the next one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the people we grew up with. By the way, are we doing a cheering squad there? Or what's happening? <sighs> it's real. Yeah, we'll, be yeah, we'll be there early morning. It is a spirit. great drinking holiday. Yeah, I Good there day for the of end, not the yeah. beginning. But. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Marathon is quite a celebration in numerous different areas of the city. Mm-hmm. So you you go to different. They run through oh, different areas, and oh, people have awesome. like bars. Of, yeah, okay. it's a whole thing. Yeah, hmm, I'm sounds so, fun. I go to the bars. Best, one of the best days of the year. <laughs> St. Patrick's Day parade, pretty big day. Yeah. It's a similar uh-huh. type feel. I think similar type feel. Marathons but, in every city, I feel like, become that type of atmosphere. Yeah, you just drink and cheer on everyone. It's great. Hey, way to go. You guys. <laughs> Keep running. Huh? I mean, we're having a much better day than you, but you guys, <laughs> thank you for doing what you guys did the last, I don't know, 18 months of your life mm-hmm. or whatever. At some point, I guess it's just you got to knock that off the bucket list. Like, I'd like to finish a marathon for because marathon was yeah. founded, what, by the uh, male person that died. Boom. Mm-hmm. Who ran 26.2 miles and died. Yeah. Died. And they're like, you know what? Let's see if anybody else can survive this thing. And then we're going to make it an actual thing. That's crazy. Last question for me, though. Ian, we appreciate you for joining us. Uh, There's an hour report coming out of Arizona. 
and uh, Jason La Confora, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. The Arizona, is that Paisan? La Confora? God, sounds like Hey, it. how's the Gabagool? Uh, Jason La Confora says Gabagool, not great in Arizona. Arizona Cardinals ownership definitely not pleased with how season ended. Hearing coaches yet to receive their playoff bonuses. What does that mean? I do know, because I have friends in a lot of positions, that coaches' bonuses are massive to the coaches uh, in the playoff. That Sometimes yeah. that payment is worth more than what they're actually getting paid during the season. Uh, it is a big deal, always has been. It's a nice little cherry on top of a season, but also it is at the owner's discretion. I do believe. Players, NFLPA, it's already agreed to. I think the coaches, it's actually in a class called the owner's discretion. Is that accurate? Do you know anything about that? And is Jason uh, Locke and Fora's I do know. Right? I do know he's not happy. I mean, he said it. He was He was doing a, I think it was a pre-Super Bowl event yesterday or something, and he basically was like, I'm not happy. So, yeah, I mean, the way it ended, not happy. He shouldn't be happy. Um it was a great, a great season be. ended with a, you know, like on the 21st mile of the marathon, basically. Oh, Phil. Um, see what I did there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Phil and so, too. you know, but as far as the coaches' bonuses, like, I thought that was, I don't know, honestly. I don't claim to know, but I thought it was controlled by the league, not the team. But it would be seemed to be pretty petty, but I just have not heard that. Yeah, not just petty, but also, like, you know, it's going to be tough, I think, to get good coaches in there, maybe, mm. if that is a precedent that is set. We obviously will keep an eye on it and hope that is not the case. Ian, we will watch your Twitter account this whole week. We can't wait to see you break some news, and we appreciate you every time for your time. All right. Thank you, guys. Hopefully pretty soon. We'll see. Oh, oh yeah. isn't that convenient? Oh, oh, way to go. What's your Twitter account? Uh, it's at Rap Sheet. Also, Sunday morning, 7 a.m., had a good Brady story there. FYI. Yeah, no one saw it. Yeah, we missed that. Why do we? Good story. Oh, what? Just click. Go ahead, give Tom. a couple clicks. Why do you always break news at 5 a.m. on Sundays? Because I do wake up and then go to, to your Twitter account to see why what you've broken at 5 a.m. on Sunday. 5 a.m. on Sunday. Just so you will wake up and go to my Twitter account okay. when you wake up, which I appreciate. Oh, so this is a plan, a strategy, or was there at one time you're not allowed to break news until Sunday? So you said, okay. Uh, with. With injuries, sometimes they'll be like, yeah, this guy's not playing, but just hold it till Sunday. And I'll be like, cool, cool, yeah, early morning. Cool, Let's cool, go. 5 a.m., yeah, yeah. 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 Always. It'll be 2 a.m. Also, get up. Don't don't be sleeping in on Sunday. Like, it's go time. Let's go. It's the yeah, Lord's you're right. Day. Yeah, come on. Right. Even God up, rested on the I'm waking up to pray. I'm, I'm trying to read the Book of Mormon. Well, no, no, no. Well, maybe, depending yeah, on yeah, I saw the Book of Mormon. That was good. You. Hey, it was a great, great show. Have you ever met a Mormon person actually and had a full conversation with them? Of course not. Yeah, you of course yeah, not. No. This yeah. Hey, probably. Know. Hey, Ratsy, go outside of your world. Yeah, meet some people. Ratsy, go, go outside of your world one time. Just Leave your house. Expand your boundaries, dude. I moved from New York to Mississippi and then Alabama. And I talk to nobody. Yeah. You talk to nobody in any of these places. Hey, Ian, I want to let you know. If we get a chance to see you Super Bowl week, I'm excited to see you mingle with people that you've obviously never encountered before. Wait till you meet this Italian guy from Pittsburgh. Oh, it, mm-hmm. it is wait till you meet Tone Diggs. I mean, yeah. it's going to be nice for you to experience life a little bit. Jesus, I feel wow. I feel left out because I've also never talked to a Mormon human being before. Tony, I must fun. have, right? Of course, I'm, I'm I truly, must I have. Oh, this God. No, Ladies and gentlemen, a man who's going to broaden his horizons just in a few so. weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapport. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> 
So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users users FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons most of them what I just said uh we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel obviously there's so many different ways to win there's more things to bet on their boosts seem to always hit which is just fucking themselves over time and time again uh we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook and you will too if you haven't used it yet use it nah also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. The big news right now, Sean Payton is out of New Orleans. Sources have told him that Sean Payton has informed the Saints that he's stepping away. I got a Netflix show coming out. You guys are negative $71 million for the next year's cap space. Uh, We don't have a quarterback. This last year without Drew was a nightmare. We had to cut like nine players before this season started. We didn't have a quarterback. It looks like you guys are going to have to cut another 20 to 30 players to get under the salary cap, even though it's the highest salary cap in the history. Sean Payton's stepping away from the Saints. I don't know if this is forever, but Hell of a run down there in New Orleans, yeah, Sean. Wow. Thank you, Sean. AJ, your thoughts? That's a, I mean, this is a great job that just opened up, too. Are they going to hire from within, or do you think they look and go get someone that's out there right now? Great job. Elaborate. Talking to me? Yep. I'm asking if they're going to hire from within, or are they going to go out and get you know start interviewing B-Flow and all these guys? You said great job, though. I'd like to hear why you think it's a great job. Just because the Saints have had success in the past and they have a good defense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think their defense is solid. I know they have some cap issues, no question. But I think when you look at organizations, the coach, because largely of what Sean Payton and Drew Brees have done to revitalize that whole place, I feel like it is a good job. They're both gone. The Saints obviously have a storied franchise. They beat a team that I was lucky enough to be on in the Super Bowl. Obviously, the city and the state and the region absolutely love them. But whenever you're thinking about desirable positions, $71 million over the cap is... I mean, that is so much money. I, I don't know how you get under there with having still having great players. Now, is that $71 million with maybe Taysom Hill taking $40 million instead of what he's maybe getting at $15 million? Maybe there's some, you yeah, know. what's Taysom's number? Yeah, I don't know. Because it, it could go up to 40 if he mm-hmm. was to play quarterback, but it's also at 15 I think, if there isn't a chance he doesn't play quarterback. That I understand that New Orleans is an awesome place. Hey, love the Bayou. Oh, yeah. love it. Come on. I love football. You know, I love everything about it down there. I like the culture. I like the vibe. The Superdome is obviously so loud, Ooh. as is the Silverdome, brother. Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, it is so loud. It's awesome. There is nobody that's going to want to go in there with a set, unless it's like their first head coaching opportunity or their only opportunity they've ever had. You are handcuffed immediately, and I think that went largely into the Sean Payton decision here for next year. On Spotrack, Taysom's Taysom's cap hit next year is 12.3. Do you think about it as maybe a better job if Tom retires and it's the worst division in football? Oh, yeah, because the NFC South have Ben McAdoo. 
Okay, yeah. in Carolina. He's back. Artie Smith with Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Okay, that seems like to be the, the new leader in the clubhouse almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if Tom, B.A., and everybody basically in Tampa is gone, you would think they would have to do a rebuild of some sort. They have a great cap guru down there in Mike Greenberg. So maybe it is a nice place to get into, but you're playing with mm-hmm. half a football. I, I mean, that is no money. That, that is I don't even know how you get that much over the cap. Yeah. I, I don't even know how that's even feasible, and I assume they'll be able to do some salary cap gymnastics, but that's handcuffing whoever goes in there, and how long are they fucked for? Is it just a one-year, we got to kind of bite the bullet here, and this team is going to, you know, we're going to look much different, or is this a multiple-year thing where they're going to be fucked regardless of how high the salary cap gets? That's going to be something that a lot of people are going to ask the questions, but Sean Payton out is huge news, AJ. It's huge. Do you think people that they bring in to potentially interview are almost going to be interviewing the Saints themselves? I was like, no, I need to, if I take this gig, I need to know that, like, I have a chance to win within the next five years here. Hey, let, let's talk about it. All right. This place is awesome. A head coaching opportunity. There's only 32 of them, but it feels like we're going on the field with a lot less tools than everybody else. Yeah. It just feels like we are up against it, but I, there's some coach that'll go in there and embrace that. The way they'll do their interview is, you know, like Brandon Staley, he naturally just says all of the coach speak, naturally. That's why everybody thinks he's going to be a great coach. There's somebody that's going to go in there, though, and just be like, I don't view it as adversity. I view it as an opportunity. Okay, we have the ability to maybe build a roster with people that are paid less, but that chip on their shoulder will be able to unite them. And then whenever we get a chance to add to that with super Superstars, we'll be able to bring the Saints all the way back to where they were when Drew and Sean were running. And we'll make sure that this Saints franchise is the one that is remembered. Because not only when times are good, but when times were bad, we were able to withstand it. Just like the people of New Orleans in this region, we were able to go. Some coach will go in there and give that entire spiel because they can get paid five to six million dollars being a head coach as opposed to five hundred thousand or seven hundred thousand as an assistant coach. There's gonna be somebody that wants to go in there. But whenever you said this is a great job, my immediate thought was. I don't know if it's necessarily if you start stacking it up against other jobs that are maybe open. No, nobody with an open coaching position is going to be a great spot. It's just no, like I, I'm saying, as far as like organizations, franchises that aren't looked at as just no win organizations in places where you can't win. That's not New Orleans right now. Oh, like Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah okay. Jackson. Fair enough. Jackson. There's some jobs that come open every two or three years, and it's like, all right, like what do we? Uh, I don't know. Let's see if you can do it, bud. Hey, you can become one of those too, right? I mean, the Browns were like that. Yeah. And then now, mm-hmm. I mean, they're staring down a Joe Burrow future and a Lamar Jackson future, which Ooh. is not Ooh. great. But they were able to turn it around and get their name off of that list. There were some teams we thought were going to get onto that list. And obviously the Saints are hoping that's not the case. But that the business side of this thing is a very real part of the NFL. And that is, I mean, any given Sunday, anybody can get a win. But 71 million working against you is a lot of fucking money. I assume that's not real, right? Because the salary cap's fake. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, and rap sheet, well I mean, yeah, the Packers some... are 38 over, and Rap Sheet said, well, they're not actually in that bad of a spot. Like, well, they got to get rid of guys that? still. You got to get rid of guys. Yeah, that's the thing. You got to cut guys that have a big For number sure. or make the them Saints, restructure big time. The Saints had to do this last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they, they still they barely came got back. I can't wait to see Sean on TV. I want to see who hires him. Uh, Jerry Jones has always wanted Sean Payton. Oh, so he's stepping away and maybe coaching elsewhere? That would be hilarious. I saw a lot of like rumors were saying that that Jerry really wants Sean Payton, but he wouldn't fire McCarthy unless Sean Payton was available, and they have a a really good relationship go way back. So, I mean, maybe that's... Maybe that's a possibility with how things ended this year for Dallas. Uh, Big Mike on uh, watermelons are going to be treated after this entire thing, if that's the case. But I would assume Dallas, if he's going to coach again, I would assume Dallas isn't the only place. It's like, 
Hey, Sean, you maybe want to come uh, take a little look-see up here with the team that we have? Gone? There's probably going to be numerous places, like yeah. Carolina. But he's stepping away for a reason. Is he stepping away because he doesn't want to coach, mm -hmm. or is he stepping away because of the situation in New Orleans? He feels like he's done all he can there. Also, for anybody, like it's good to be wanted. You know, people like to, to feel wanted. And Jerry, it seems like, has loved Sean since he was on the staff back in what? Oh, three for two or three years. So, well, Jerry also no. loves that he had success. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Jerry also loves that. He loves the offense that Sean can run. 15 years, I think. That motherfucker over in Louisiana is supposed to be our quarterback coach, <laughs> <laughs> our offense coordinator, and our head coach. Hey, Sean, you fucking step away from that $71 million Titanic and come on over to the star. Mm. Come on over to the star. Uh, okay, coach, but uh, Kevin James playing me, although he must be much better served to play coach Mike McCarthy, who's your current coach. Yeah. We will fucking kick Kevin James and Mike McCarthy out of here. <laughs> Joining us, a man whose words are highly criticized every single time they happen. We've been very fortunate to chit-chat with this guy for every single Tuesday of the last two NFL seasons. Back-to-back -back MVP years this season, coming to a screeching halt much earlier than any of us could have expected on Saturday night. Just days later, with numerous questions to be asked about his future, his life, and all of his opinions, ladies and gentlemen, the reigning, defending, undisputed MVP MVP of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah! What's up, dude? What's up, dude? Hey, you look good in that blue. Yeah, I got some beef with you, bro. No, oh, no, 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 no. All right, go ahead. Why are you trying to? Why are you trying to dog uh, the best golf brand in the business? <laughs> well, it's when I send you over a new carbon wood driver, and then you're gonna dog it on the air. I didn't. I didn't know it was from you. I didn't know. I didn't know it was from you. There was no sign, no letter that said, "Hey, this is from Aaron Rodgers, a man you have great respect for." This is his club. I didn't know that. I didn't know that enough. I thought it was just from TaylorMade. And I seen, I don't know, thirty of them sent out to a bunch of people. I didn't know this was specifically from you. I, I, that's on me. It's great club. Ooh, love. Hey, this is great, great gift. One of the best gifts I've ever got in my life. I think, man, it's it's gonna hit a ball a long way, Aaron. It's gonna hit a ball a long way. That's better. <laughs> I didn't know, dude. I, did, I honestly didn't know. I had no idea. I'd seen them all over the internet. I appreciate you sending that. That's very, very nice of you to share the wealth uh, with your relationships and partnerships and sending one over here. And this is probably going to help me take $20 million from the asshole you know, on the far right side of the screen here, AJ Hawk, at yeah. some point. Uh, let's talk about life right now for you. It's obviously anytime a season comes to an end, it comes out of nowhere. And Saturday night in Lambeau, with the way the weather was, with the way your team was, with everybody getting healthy, uh, obviously that's a drastic ending there. Your thoughts here a couple of days later on how it happened, why it happened, and where you're at right now, you think, mentally? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. Uh, anytime the season ends, it's always abrupt. Definitely felt like we had a special special team this year to be able to make a Super Bowl run. So it's it's frustrating to go out and play like that, you know, especially when our defense returned a couple guys, they were playing incredible, you know, keep them out of the end zone. Uh, and then offensively not get it done and special teams not get it done was was disappointing. So, um, you know, definitely a quiet locker room after the game and, and the eeriness, as you both know, of going back in the locker and and having guys kind of clean out their locker and moving on and, and the uncertainty of next year with so many people on the team. You know, definitely adds to the uh, the feeling. But 
I think you know when the when the numbness and the sadness and the frustration wears off, it, it allows perspective to start to fill the void and gratitude and appreciation. And I'm waiting to feel those feelings. <laughs> well, uh, first off, when do you think those feelings may come? And also, going to that game, you guys came out of the gates on fire, went down, scored right away. That was the last time you were able to score. What did San Francisco do defensively that was so good? I know we like to talk about, oh, you guys only scored 10. There's a reason. I mean, San Fran's a hell of a defense. They're a hell of a team. So what were they doing? They got a great defense. I think they, they stopped the run first, you know, when, and, and they did a good job stopping the run, and then they got after us uh, in the passing game. They did a nice job of, uh, you know, mixing the coverages up, bringing some pressures. But, uh, you know, we, we – uh, didn't protect uh, specifically great. We had a couple opportunities uh, to hit some big plays and, you know, uh, didn't make them. But they stopped the run. I think that was that was something that they didn't do on the first drive. We were able to kind of get some – move the ball. I don't think we had a third down on the first drive and then had another good drive going. Fred had a nice punch on the ball to create a turnover. And we just couldn't quite get back in the rhythm, myself included. Couldn't quite get back into a rhythm offensively. Until the uh, the long drive got down there, had a penalty, and then couldn't get the ball in the end zone, and obviously sputtered in the fourth quarter and had a punt block, and and uh, you know that was kind of all she wrote there. I assume you psychoanalyze everything and try to, and I don't even know if I said that word right. I know it sounds like that, whatever the word is, and I think you understand what I'm saying. Shout out to Taylor made by the way. These drivers, oh, yeah. so good. Oh my God, carbon, carbon wood. wood Fucking bomb time, yes, man. Bomb time, dude. But what I'm your body, you know, your your body double Phil Mick, I think, uses the the carbon wood now. So, oh, I thought he was on Callaway. I was yeah. actually told strictly that uh, Lefty's a Callaway guy, just like me, is what I was told. But well, he used to win the PGA Championship. He used the uh, the tailor made baby driver. So, um. Okay, well, I was lied to a lot, it sounds like. And that is probably going to continue to happen to me. And I'll just continue to try and learn and get better from it. But, boy, this fucking carbon wood. I, I was hitting balls down the middle of the street yesterday. It was freezing cold. Still going, dude. That's right. Still going. I mean, nobody knows if it'll ever stop. Might have a 900-yard drive. But let's talk about fourth quarter there. I'm sure you've looked back at it. There was a couple of times after the blocked punt to go out there and make a play. I'm sure somewhere inside of you, you're like, okay, this is what we do. This is what we have been. We've been able to go out here and make these types of things. And anytime a situation or a game ends in the way it does, especially with you at the helm, that's going to bring out all of the haters, all of the stats, Everything that is, you know, people are sitting on throw Rogan, you know, for weeks waiting for that moment that was trending alongside COVID and everything. Why do you think maybe the rhythm wasn't there? And why do you think the results of you not having success bring so much happiness to so many people? Do you think it's strictly because you're an immunized son of a bitch? Do you think it's because of anything, any other reason or what, what do you think it is because of? Well, that's like five different questions. Uh, yeah, just take it however you need to. <laughs> well, yeah, there's obviously some plays that I, I wish uh, we'd executed better. Um, you knew this was was in the mix. There were a ton of people tuning in, rooting against us for one reason and one reason only. It's because of uh, you know my vaccination status and them wanting to see us lose so they could pile on and, and – and enjoy and revel in the fact that, uh, you know, my vaccination status was, uh, you know, some sort of reason why 
we haven't had success in the playoffs or whatever it might be, some sort of correlation. I think to have the perspective of an entire year of dealing with this and knowing that this was coming down the pipe at some point uh, with the amount of guys that, that did get COVID throughout the year, I knew there's a possibility that I would have to make comments about my own personal status and, and possibly be in the fire from it all. I think as frustrating as, as uh, it's been at times, there's been a lot of reflection uh, uh, to try and embrace the empathy of the situation. And I think for so many people, it's really been a hard time, you know, uh, from a purely financial standpoint. So many of my friends who are small business owners in Northern California and really all over the country, you know, have really had a, a difficult time during the, the last couple of years. And from a pure mental standpoint, I think the biggest thing that people have been dealing with is fear. You know, there's so much fear around this. There's fear of your health. There's fear of your loss of uh, money. There's fear of not being able to provide for your family. There's fear of uh, death, uh, for sure. Fear of sickness. And the media plays a big role in that. I mean, the fear porn that is put out day after day, I think, causes you know, a lot of strife and stress for people. And I think because I don't watch the news or don't subscribe to uh, the same type of mainstream narrative at times and have decided to take my own personal health in and responsibility for my health in my hands and, and did my research and looked into things and also my association with other, other people who have similar done similar things, there's uh, anger uh, kind of thrown my way, but the root of that I think is is fear, and so I do have empathy for those people who are caught in this fear state around COVID that has been continued to be pushed and uh, and furthered by media and by some of the narratives that are out there, um, and I do have have empathy for that. Uh, the vitriol, the hatred, those words. I'll be honest, I've been insulated from it. I haven't. I haven't seen a lot of it. I know it's out there. I'm sure it's out there, but um, I do. Uh, I do have empathy for for those individuals who have been dealing with this fear. Is the hatred based on the fact that I don't have that fear? That I've taken responsibility for my own health, uh, possibly. Uh, that I don't fall in line uh, with a you know a narrative, possibly. But I will say I, I don't believe that hatred and fear and name-calling and any of this stuff is going to get us out of this pandemic. It's going to be love and connection and actually conversation and debate and information sharing and not information sharing that's fact-checked by the same individuals who are you know, running the pharmaceutical industry, Whoa. which is a lot of, a lot of the... You know, when you when you look into some of those connections, it is interesting to see some of the connections between fact checkers and boards oh, and no. and that's and that's too bad. Uh, I think, if anything, to sum up this long answer, uh, I realize that I've been divisive this season by my vaccination status and by my. Uh, willingness to talk about it and to talk about the research I've done in my own opinions. And it's part of it. And, and uh, I, I take accountability for that. I don't want, I've never wanted to be a divisive polarizing figure 
on this. I want to encourage people and inspire people to think for themselves, to take their health in their own hands, to realize this is a pandemic of health, not the unvaccinated, the pandemic of health, and encouraging and inspiring people to take take their health in their own hands and to make healthier decisions and to think about what they're eating and what they're putting in the body and that their health is their own responsibility um, as much as mine is my own responsibility. Huh. And hopefully I've inspired people. Uh, I'm sorry for uh, those that think I'm just a divisive, polarizing individual, but my goal has been to uh, inspire people to take their health into their own hands. And I hope that there's enough people. And I, I know there are, cause I've been hearing support from all over the country and world really um, throughout this time. But I hope people continue to turn off the fear and, and do their own research and take care of their themselves and their own health. And, and, and I hope that we can move past a lot of this and actually connect instead of continue to divide. Hey, that was nice. So, hey, that was well said. Very yeah, good. I mean, I'm sure you have plenty that you want to say you will over the next couple of months as everything plays out. But as far as your career and everything going on with that, I know you're, you want to take some time or whatever. Like, what factors go into your decision making when you sit there and you try to figure out what your future may look like? Is that we got to wait till you get back to the beach house, throw on some what Neil Young, and just hang out on the beach and figure out what's going on? Or what do you? What factors really matter to you? <laughs> oh, good one, H. <laughs> Had a baby. What? I'm glad I'm up to date on my pop culture, so I can understand your reference there. Oh, nice. Probably not wearing the Chuck Berry shirt, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think some of the factors are the you know direction uh, of of the team and the organization, and and how I feel like I fit in the in, in the future uh, mentally. You know, do I? still have the passion the competitiveness and the desire to keep keep playing and i think it's a feeling that you just kind of know once you feel the off season has started um you know when you're a competitive hyper competitive individual you also you also probably want you dream or think about what the fairy tale ending is and it doesn't mean super bowl necessarily but that's a pretty damn good fairy tale um you know not many people have been able to walk off like that i mean peyton Peyton did and John Elway did, but not many people have been able to do that. And, and um, so it's, it comes down to more just how you're feeling. Can you still, can you still play? Do you still have the same commitment and, and enjoyment with the game? And, and do you want to sign up for the grind uh, again? And I think the only way of knowing that is to probably get away from it for a little bit, let your mind clear and, and then think about it, uh, you know, and, and think about the enormity of, of uh, um, the task and what would bring you the most uh, enjoyment. You know, what's the best for your quality of life at that point? So last year you said walking off the field, you knew. Like you felt like, ah, this isn't it. Like, And then I guess there was actual retirement conversations between you and your people last off season, And we were not privy to that. And then when you came back and had your first day press conference, you basically laid it all out what the last 
three, four months that was being scrutinized literally since draft day without you saying anything the entire time. What happened was you said you could feel it, you know, walking off the field. I think you told us that. And you said once again, I think this year, you'd know walking off the field. Did you have any of that? Are you leaning towards something? And at what point did you realize I should get away with this type of uh, decision for a little bit and kind of clear my mind as opposed to being in the middle of the kitchen right now, which with one of the most devastating losses I've experienced? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. When you, when you, I felt like I would know if we're in the, you know, in the Super Bowl at zeros, you know, what, what the right thing to do was, but not in the divisional round. Um, in a game, we felt like we were going to win, and that, you know, so it was a different feeling. I think it, you know, even even if we had made the Super Bowl, and uh, regardless of the outcome, I think you have to get away from it and not make an emotional decision, and take time because the enormity of the commitment uh, to return or the decision to walk away, I think warrants uh, ample time to contemplate and to communicate with, uh, you know, friends and loved ones, you know, former teammates who've moved on, current teammates who are still playing. Uh, you know, I think you have to factor in all of those different uh, bits of information and then, and then kind of see what it feels like intuitively uh, inside of you and, and then make a decision and go with it and, and move forward. I think the thing that, you know, I, uh, I will say is that it won't be one thing I would not do hundred percent would not do is retire and then, you know, come back a year later. Like that's just, okay. I don't, I don't have any desire to do that. That, that makes no sense. Um, I feel like I'm at, I'm at the place relationally with the Packers, um, you know, in a really good place, especially with, uh, with Brian and the way our friendship and, and trust has, has grown where the GM, where, good, good to cut. yeah, where, good you to know, the, it would be a simple conversation and whatever comes out of that conversation is moving forward. There's not going to be any weird, you know, standoff, uh, uh, you know, war of silence or anything. It's, you know, Brian and I have had good conversations throughout the year. And, and when, it, you know, when it comes time to make a decision, we'll have a, we'll have a conversation and, and that'll be that. There won't be, it won't be a long drawn out process. And, and uh, I think that's what's best for me, for him, for the organization and for all the other decisions that need to be made. Okay, so I don't want to press you too hard, but you would say that all options are still very prevalent on the board, you would say. Is there, like retirement is potential. You, would th- you, you don't know until you get to that point, obviously, when you get away. Staying with the Packers, definitely still option, especially with what you just said with Gunta Kuntz. I would have to get figured out because $38 million over the, over the cap. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made, obviously. Going to another team, maybe get experiencing free agency or going to the, all, everything is still on the table in your eyes, you're thinking at this moment. I don't think there's any uh, free agency is is not. I don't think that's an option. But I think, um, but everything is definitely on the table. Uh, There are things that seem more plausible or more likely, which I won't necessarily get into. But um, the most important thing is first uh, the the commitment to to playing and to going through the off season and training and all that all that stuff is the most is the first, and then after that. Um, it's just conversations with uh, my agent and, and Brian and looking at the uh, the desires of the team and, and the, you know, the kind of the mindset moving forward and then make a decision from there. There is 
numerous cities that just obviously assume that you're going to be their quarterback next year. And it sounds like if I'm getting your words right right now, you don't even fucking know if you want to commit to being a player because the off-season workouts are a nightmare that people don't see. They see pictures of you singing Taylor Swift. They see pictures of you jumping off a, a waterfall. They assume you're doing copious amounts of drugs all over the place, maybe. But that the work that it takes in the off-season is a very real one, and you're trying to figure out right now in your mindset whether or not you want to commit to that, which then leads to, obviously, a fuller commitment of the entire season. Am I getting the state of Aaron Rodgers correct right now? Well, I mean, I'm not the off season. No, I'm not really thinking about that. I mean, the off season uh, has definitely my desire to be a full time participant. In the off season is, you know, I just don't think I need that. I think what I need for for off seasons to continue playing is working, you know, with with my, uh, you know, my body work people, uh, you know, training where I like to train in. Uh, in Southern California, that to me gets me in the best position to go out and perform at the highest level. Um, and mentally, I think that's the biggest thing is, is what puts you in the right mindset mentally to come back and be your best self. The grind that I'm talking about is the grind of the season um, and all the different hats that you wear as a starter, as a team leader, as a face of a franchise. Um, you're, you're taking on that. I remember Farvey talked about that when he, when he retired in 2008. And I revisited with him a little bit uh, one of the last times I saw him. Just that reminder that you don't know as a, as a potential first-time starter, as I was about to be in 2008, you don't realize there's just a lot more than just playing football. There's the weight of the organization. And it's, and it's great. I mean, it's, it's the opportunity you know, to lead and to be counted on. But there's a lot of other different uh, hats that you, that you wear throughout the year that – are stressors um, and are part of the job, naturally a part of the job. And I think when you take on the role of being the starter, you take all that on and you embrace it. But it's, you know, it's more than just uh, what you see on the Sundays. There's, there's a lot more uh, to playing quarterback. And, and uh, I think you're committing to all that when you commit to, to coming back and playing. How does it feel to be in this spot right now? It's got to be kind of weird. It's a unique situation. All options are on the table and you, Seem to not even know really what you want to He's do. He's not retiring, dude. You're not retiring. It, it, right, too good. Too yeah, you're good. too. But also, good. I did predict though, Pat. I predicted the other night to myself that you were going to retire maybe and then come back after a year and win the MVP <laughs> and win another. Super so that's Bowl. wrong. So, now you're you wrong. You tried yeah. to debunk that. We yeah. don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah. see whenever he does yeah. let it go. If all of a sudden, like seven months, in, he's like, you know, I, I still got this thing, and he comes on back. So, but what is it like, man, being where you are right now? Devastating loss. You're obviously very like that is hard to get over at least for right now, but. The rest of it going on, like your whole future is in front of you and you don't really know exactly where you're going. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's not any fear for sure. I talked about that last year with the, the I don't have a fear of retirement. I felt I felt that during the off season. So there's not any fear around it. Um, the uncertainty is not unsettling at all. Uh, it's almost exciting thinking about what life uh, is going to look like moving forward. Um, I think that it's just a, it's an interesting time because you're dealing with the grieving process of the season and knowing that that specific group of people, both teammates and coaches just won't be the same. There's always changes and there's a grieving process that goes along with that. 
and I think embracing that uh, is an important part of it. Not not like uh, pushing that stuff down or ignoring it. I think it's, it allows you to stay present, to have gratitude for the, the, uh, the feelings and the, and the emotions and the moments you've had with these guys. I think that's an important part of kind of wrapping up the season. Uh, the disappointment, obviously, of uh, personal performance and the way the season ended, I think, is a real thing. You got to sit with that. You don't just push that aside. You take accountability for that, and and uh, you know, and then I think when all that stuff kind of starts to pass, then then that's when the gratitude comes in. Gratitude for the moments. Gratitude for the memories. For the friendships. For the incredible highs that we had. For uh, the adversity that we faced, and uh, some of that's definitely already crept in, and. and um, you know, you just you cross paths with so many people in this business every single year, and there's really special people. And there's some people that impact you during the season. Uh, there's some people that impact you, uh, you know, during their careers, and then there's some people that impact you for a lifetime. And 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 each one of those types of people is so important to the enjoyment of the season. And I think you, you have a lot of gratitude when you see these people and, and uh, you know, as they're packing up a locker room or having a last meal in the cafeteria and, and get to say, uh, you know, some words to them. Uh, you know, that's when the gratitude comes out, knowing uh, that you went to battle with this person. And I think that's where the connection is always going to be there because you put your body in line with this individual and you know what it takes to stick in this league. And, and that, that's what is always going to connect us. And, and uh, this is a moment in time. You know, this this loss is a moment in time. It's a moment that will always be disappointing. But the friendships uh, can surpass those moments and outlast uh, always longer than those specific moments in time. And I'm, I'm very thankful for the friendships uh, that I made, the new ones and the deeper and, and meaningful ones with the uh, with some of the older guys. Yeah, the locker room is such an incredible experience. People talk about that is what they miss whenever they retire. Like those moments either after a win, after a loss on the plane in the locker room on a Monday or Tuesday, either pissed off or happy about something. Everybody always chats about missing the locker room and missing their teammates. For you, if you had to look ahead here, and I know it's difficult to do, especially with all options on the table, do you feel like there's going to be a lot of, you know, constant, like you might make a decision and then the next day, it's like, oh, I don't know if that's the right one. Or are you somebody who, once you get a feeling from the universe, it's like, all right, I'm going to stick with this one. I'm going to go with it. Like, how do you view the process coming up? Are you going to write down on a dry erase board the, the pros and the cons? for Like, how do you feel like this process is going to go? And do you assume it's going to be very fucking difficult, which I think we all are assuming? Mm, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's uh, I don't know about very fucking difficult. I think it'll be... Uh, It'll be a lot of intuition and a lot of uh, feel. You know, what is it? What is it? Uh, imagination, a, a lot as well. You have to imagine yourself in those situations because I don't want to be sitting there uh, during the season going, man, I probably should have hung it up. Or sitting there and, you know, not at the organization, a organization, and going, I should be playing right now. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's just the trust that that I'll know exactly what to do. And then once you make a decision, that's the decision, and you're moving forward. And until you get to that certainty, you don't make a decision. But 
there also is a time a time frame for this uh, because I understand that my decision uh, does impact a number of other people's decisions, and I want to be very sensitive uh, to that. Uh, and so I will uh, I'll definitely make a decision sooner. Uh, Sooner rather than later. What does that mean? What does that mean? Because everybody's saying free agency. AJ came on yesterday and said he would assume that you would make the decision before free agency. There were some reports on the NFL Network by Insider of Sports Rappaport saying before free agency. Free agency is what, March 16th? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty long time. No, no I, I mean, we are in day-to-day business. Are you expecting to have this decision done sooner than later in your eyes of what you said? And what does that mean, you think? I think even sooner than that. I mean, I'd like to, again, be respectful uh, of the organization. Um, I think the the most, you know, one decision that, that will be upcoming will be obviously Devontae and his future with the team. Uh, there still is this thing called the franchise tag, um, which I, you know, don't think 17 wants, <laughs> wants the franchise. Like no player ever wants the franchise. Ever! <laughs> but that uh, decision on that, I believe, is in February. Um, and in late February, so I think I think that should be enough time to make a decision um, by then. Um, I don't want to put myself on a specific date, but I, again, I do want to be sensitive to uh, Devonte and many other guys who uh, you know have decisions to make on their own futures. And to drag it out past free agency would be disrespectful to the organization and to those guys, and that 100% will not happen. You're not retiring, dude. This guy, there's no way. We need to see you out there. You know, we need to see the cold-blooded killer out there. You know, with the the turtleneck, with the snow globe falling, with the chance to ride off into the sunset and beautiful. But you do whatever makes you happy. We understand the commitment is great, and we appreciate you stopping by every single week and breaking the monotony, hopefully, of your weekly schedule to chat with us about it all. But what we don't see is all the hard work. You know, whenever you're doing 28-minute interviews with ESPN folks, breaking the Did you know immediately upon doing that uh, interview with ESPN where there were some quotes? I didn't listen to the entire thing. Was it a podcast or was it a – I don't know what it was. I think it was a podcast. I don't remember what it was. But you said you were being silenced, and then you actually called out the president of the United States. Uh, So as soon as you say stuff like that, you know the entire world is just going to burn down immediately. And is that something you have to think about going forward, or are you going to continue to be your true self and kind of speak for yourself like you have been the last couple years for the first time in your entire career? Yeah, you know, I knew that there, you know, and he said it wasn't a hit piece, but I knew that there was a piece, that piece, you know, had obviously uh, some interesting stuff in it. And I, and so I, I don't know why he didn't think I would take the interview, but I definitely agreed to, to do the interview. Um, there was definitely some, it, you know, some things in there that, uh, of my quotes that uh, were slightly maybe not the specific context. And that's based on how it was written and put together. No. Um, uh, but I do stand by, you know, everything I said. And, and uh, I, you know, it was, it was some interesting questions. You don't get asked a whole lot uh, for sure. Um, but there were parts of answers that weren't, uh, entire like the answer i gave about the about the president um you know was a longer answer so the, some of the answers were pared down for sure 
but I, you know, again, I stand by the, you know, what I, what I said in that interview. And, um, I think, you know, to, to answer your question, and I've said it before about both you guys and, you know, the, the, the boys on the show, Chef. uh, one of the main reasons that, you know, I have so much love and appreciation for you guys is because you guys are unapologetically yourselves and you're authentic. Uh, I think, I mean, most of us, that's what we strive to be, right? We strive to be ourselves and, and to be authentic. And I think there's parts of us that die inside a little bit when we feel like we have to act or play a role or not be able to be entirely ourselves, right? And I think in society so often, we're either, like myself, super inspired by people who are unapologetic of themselves, right? Because we realize how special that is, how desirable that is, and uh, and it's people who are real. And I think we're attracted to that in some way. But there's also, I think, on the flip side, I people who can't for whatever reason, uh, circumstances, job, fear. Uh, and there are a lot of those people who are acting and playing roles. I think there's an animosity that comes with it, with with people who are authentically themselves and are unapologetic themselves. Uh, because if you if you can't join it, you gotta have something on it. You know, you gotta damage it or disparage it if if you can't be that that type of person for whatever reason. I think a lot of it is fear. It's just fear of people. Uh, what if I am totally myself and I'm not liked or not appreciated or not understood? Um, but the thing that inspires me is people who aren't apologetic to themselves, that are authentically themselves, and that understand that it's not it's not going to be for everybody. You know, it's not a popularity contest. You're not always going to be liked. You're not always going to be understood, um, appreciated, uh, respected uh, by people be, for whatever reason. But it doesn't stop you from being yourself over and over and over and over again. And I think we in society need more people being themselves, not less people. More people uh, being authentic, not playing a role or acting. And uh, But I, I, I do realize and empathize with the fact that there is a lot of fear around, uh, around that idea because the structures you've created sometimes are structures that are based on uh, perspectives or uh, uh, facets of yourself that aren't uh, entirely uh, authentic to your true self. And I've been inspired by by people who are authentically themselves, and I'm going to continue to do that. Now, I don't, again, I'm not trying to be a, a, an activist or, you know, a person who's crazily divisive, but we're also talking about uh, an issue uh, that has gone from health to politics. And so there is going to be division around the things that I say for sure. And, uh, hope I can further a conversation and create uh, more connection when those opportunities arise. And at the same time, it's not football season for me anymore. So I'm sure I'll slowly, uh, slowly head into, uh, the doldrums of, of not being, uh, having my opinion out there as much. Okay. Probably oh. great for everybody. Well, I think. Well, not. I mean, that's what I was about to say. As we look back on this season, 
And there's a lot of people saying a lot of things. You know, there was some veteran NFL coach that was quoted as saying, you know, all Aaron wants to do is talk about COVID and his vaccination status. Tom Brady just wants to talk about ball. Like, that's what Tom Brady. Now there's a documentary coming out with Tom Brady. He has the TB12. He has his own Brady brand. He's an investor in uh, crypto, I believe. He's yep. also, a, I mean, there's everybody seems to have things, but people pick and choose what is a distraction and what isn't a distraction to becoming the best. And hindsight always wins, right? If you win, hindsight will say like, oh, everything was right. If you lose, they're going to get you. But I think as I look back on this year, and I did this last night, you know, I didn't know if you're going to come on today or later in the week. We would have been completely cool if you didn't come on today, by the way, because there's a lot of questions and you are still in that process of hating everybody because you lose. But I think it, it, if I'm wrong, please state this. And I get yelled at and I take it on the shins because of our conversations every week by people that don't necessarily agree with you. And I'm cool with it because I will always be a fan of hearing why people believe and what people believe, uh, especially those that are the greatest of all time in conversation. So I enjoy that whole thing. But I think early, whenever you did have that immunized comment, I think you didn't want to be the poster boy of players that were not vaccinated. And then you were thrusted into a position because you are the reigning MVP of the NFL. You are Aaron Rodgers. You do come on this show every week. And then whenever you get put into the protocol of a non-vaccinated player, and it is the peak of the politicizing of the vaccination, you got thrusted into this role. So everybody is in, uh, this is not me making excuses for you. I'm just, I live this, I think, alongside of you. And I don't think you ever wanted to be. You got thrusted in there. Now people are using that against you. Do you think about that when you look back on the season and will that be a part of your process of going through on what you want to do going forward because there's a chance you get thrown into the fucking biggest political thing of all time because you are a quarterback in the nfl and you are the mvp and if you look back on this year is that how you see it as well like you didn't expect to do it but now we're looking back throw rogan is a real thing like you're the guy now in everybody's eyes Djokovic has his situation in australia immediately it's like oh aaron Rodgers and Djokovic are going to cause the tag team to fight fauci or whatever like that is the immediate thing and is it, did you expect it? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you never want to be in this position again? And have you even got a chance to think about that? Well, I think I've, I've thought about that throughout the season. And I just, I really felt like at some point I was going to have to talk about it. And I was interested to see how it would start. And there was a witch hunt for sure. Who's vaccinated? Who's not? Who can we shame uh, for not being vaccinated? That happened. I think as you watch the narrative of COVID change, uh, you're going to see a lot of people recanting their statements, a lot of people changing uh, history and revising what happened. We've, we've already seen it, and I mentioned it the Friday I came on when I, when I was recovering from COVID, where you know people are saying I spread misinformation when I was saying that they politi politicized the, vac the vaccine during Trump's presidency, which they actually did. Um, you're going to see the narrative change. You're going to see people walk back their statements for sure. Um, during that time when there was a witch hunt going on, uh, I knew at some point I was going to get asked. I was in the process of an appeal with the NFL that, that I mentioned in this article that came out of ESPN that had been a multi-month uh, conversation with them. And the appeal hinged on the exact statement that I said in the interview is that I've been immunized. Because in my opinion, and based on conversation with the doctors that I, uh, that I uh, consulted with and, and used to uh, complete my immunization process, um, that there we thought we had evidence to show the NFL that uh, 
that I had done, not only what was best for my body, but what was best to protect myself and my teammates from uh, infection at the time. Uh, so I had also planned, if there was a follow-up, on expanding on that because, you know, I didn't want... Uh, I wasn't going to, you know, slough off uh, any type of uh, a follow-up question. And I knew I was placing myself in the crosshairs had there been a follow-up. Now, there wasn't. So in the moment, I was thinking, oh, well, I'm, I, you know, I might have, uh, you know, avoided this at the time, but also realized that that sentence that I used, again, was the crux of my appeal. Now, after a few meetings, more conversation with the league and a, and a, and a, and a Zoom, I realized that, my appeal was denied and I would continue to be in the non-vaccinated group. It was my assertion and still is today that some of the policies that the league uh, proposed or sorry, imposed uh, on the non-vaccinated had nothing to do with health. They were more about shame uh, than, than anything and trying to uh, coerce uh, uh, higher vaccination rates. One of them being uh, you're, in a room full of vaccinated reporters who are all over 20 feet away from you, tell me how it makes sense health-wise to be wearing a mask. I just didn't think that had anything to do with health. So I continued to not wear a mask. That's what I, that's actually not even what I got fined for. I got fined to going to a Halloween party. Pooh dude. With, <laughs> with a small amount of people at the party, which it was a small amount, we're all vaccinated. And no one else at the party actually had a, outbreak of of uh of covid from that halloween party that's what i was fined for but i knew i would be a part of uh the conversation at some point and was obviously hopeful i could avoid covid and maybe talk about at the end of the year that didn't happen i was thrust right in the spotlight i think at that point uh you know i just wanted to uh kind of defend myself a little bit i feel like i was taking a bunch of crazy you know, crazy shots and opinions and, and, but ultimately this, this issue is so politicized. It's so triggering to people. Um, it's hard to hear words from a dissenting opinion. If you live your life in an echo chamber filled with confirmation bias and I'm, you know, I'm, I don't want to be an activist again. I don't want to be a person that's called upon you know to give constant opinion on this that's why i've turned down all these interview op you know offers from like you know the the fox stations i said it on this show i don't want to do interviews for cnn or for fox because politics is a sham i stand by that i don't want to be a politicized person i don't want my views bolstering the anti-vaxxers and triggering the vax people I want to be somebody who has an opinion, who shares it, who does research, who, but who's also open to hearing from both sides. Because I think that's what we need more of in this in this country. Hey, I think the interesting thing, though, the same people that are saying you were a distraction were the same ones that were like, answer the question. Now, you know, so it was it was a it was a never ending cycle where you became the poster boy for the entire thing. And as a person that rode shotgun in this entire thing. I was like, I don't think he ever wanted this to be the case, but now people are using it against you. It's just a fat, you live a fascinating life. Yeah, but that's the way the narratives work. You know, I, I, I think from so much of my career, I was an enigma because there wasn't a lot known about me off the field. 
And then when I started opening up a little bit more, I think last year people were like, oh, this guy's not bad. You know, he's interesting. He likes to, you know, he's just in a bunch of things and, and he swears sometimes and he's, you know, a very honest person and people liked it until I had, uh, you know, a, a, an opinion uh, that was uh, anti a very triggering mainstream narrative. And then now I'm a pariah. Now I'm a distraction. Now I'm this or I'm that. Um, but those are people's opinions, man. That's it's like uh, it's like on the Big Lebowski. That's just your opinion, man. You know, like I'm not going to let it affect me. They can use narratives and storylines, just like they can use stats to prove whatever point they want. Don't and- hey, don't even okay. Hashtag stat that. You do not. Listen, stats play for every team, and they're always right. Okay, so hashtag stat <laughs> that, dude. Do not. All right, don't even think about on this program going after stat that. Okay, please. Unbelievable. Sorry about that. Go ahead, AJ. Hey, Aaron, in 10 years from now, how do you think this whole, this whole year is going to be talked about that you've had? By me or by other people? Others. Other people, not you. Other people just around. Will anything change between now, 10 years from now? Do you think, like, we will look back on this. What will people say? Oh, I mean, it's. I mean, people in the league will probably say, "Can you believe, uh, you know, some of the protocols that were in place and what we went through?" Uh, I think people. I don't know. That's tough. I mean, I think. I think. There'll be. A lot of people thinking, hey, we should have handled this better or should have handled that better. I think I'll probably look back and say, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that at this point. I wish I would have said it this way. Um, but, yeah, hindsight is definitely twenty twenty. Personally, I, I feel I've never I've never played better in the face of, of such an adverse year, and I'm very proud of that. Um, you know, so this was such an enjoyable year, too, for all the reasons I've mentioned Plus, you know, Randall Cobb and, and his presence and coming back. But, yeah, I mean, I have so much gratitude for uh, for the lessons from this year. I mean, I think in 10 years, the lessons that I learned personally are going to be still with me and, and be an important part of my constant growth and, and, uh, and evolution. And I'm, I'm thankful for all the highs and lows, for sure, because it, it was it was definitely a trying year at times. But I think in 10 years, uh, man, we'll look back and, and definitely scratch our head about a few things from this season. You think if you're vaccinated, you beat the Niners on Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You got a book today? There's a, probably there's a, people, there's probably yeah, one for sure. With the net, for sure. Uh, right? there's, definitely. If it wasn't for the entire thing, uh, that was the case. Ty, uh, hey, I want to let you know. This entire season, just like last year, watching Ty get an opportunity as a diehard Packers fan and a Team 12 guy has been an honor. Ty, I want to let you know that, and I hope you've enjoyed the hell out of it. And I assume you are shitting your pants for what the future is potentially for the Green Bay Packers. Well, yeah, obviously very disappointing with the way the season ended, but I would be remiss again. if I, I mean, watching you play has brought me so much joy for such a long time, and you know, coming on this show every week and getting to sit in on these, like it, it really is, you know, these are memories I'll cherish forever. And I certainly hope I it wasn't the last game that you ever played as a Packer, but I know that's a possibility. But 
When you look back on this year, do you think it'll be something where you look at this, like in the offseason coming up, that you look at this year singularly? Or when people start talking about potentially moving on and retiring or changing teams, like do you kind of find yourself reminiscing about your career as a whole more? Yeah, it's a great question, Ty, as usual. Had um, a baby time! Yeah. I've I've thought about that directly. I feel like the the my career has been multi multi acts, you know, like so many different parts. I think about as a as a backup in oh five, six, seven, that feels like a different lifetime for sure. A different person, you know. Early twenties, uh, different uh, hobbies and and things I enjoyed doing and approach as a young starter, like eight, nine and ten, totally, you know, those years kind of stand on their own. Um, and then kind of a, a run from 11 to, I don't know, 15 or 16 where, you know, I was playing really good football and, and excited, uh, you know, just that, that level of excitement I had was, was I think equaled and, and leveled out by my lack of experience at times too, and just the the growth and the learning from each of those seasons was so important and impactful in in my career. And then uh, you know really from I think seventeen and eighteen, kind of the end of Mike being here and and that being such an important era and, and part of my career, and then kind of the floor era. You know the last three years of a new scheme and new energy and new coaches around here and and uh, my own uh, necessity to evolve and adapt and and grow um, each I think when I think back about it it's it's kind of those snippets of of time um, as a whole it's it's kind of enormous to think about you know I've mentioned I'm you know almost an adult as far as years lived here and and my own evolution as far as where I've lived and what I enjoy doing and the restaurants that I go to and the things I like to do during my off time. and um, You know, there's just so much gratitude for, for the journey. I think that's what we all can look back on and 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 be reminded of. The, when you're in it, it's such a process and there's a monotony to it and a Groundhog Day effect. But when you start to look back at these stretches of time or your career as a whole, the journey, man, is just so sweet. You think about the people that had direct impact on your life, and then you can go past that. You know, being able to uh, to meet people like Craig Rigsby and Ron Souza and Rick Pitzker and John Shepard and Sterling Jackson and and Jeff Jordan and and Jeff Tedford and George Cortez and all these different people who had such an important impact on my life. Uh, who the fuck are they? Who's that? Who is that group of people? It, it's it's high school and college coaches. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, yeah, cool. I appreciate them too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And just the impact that they had on my life, and 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 I think that's what makes a journey so sweet is to to remember where you came from and where you're at, and to have gratitude for those moments and those people and those times of adversity and those times of elation, and and I think that's what always sticks with you. This year will always be special and unique for so many different reasons. Um, but I think just the lessons that I've learned, the opportunity to share the book club with people and oh, yeah. to share more of me, maybe more than people wanted, wanted at the beginning of the season as they soon learned about my own ideas about health and, and wellness. But I am thankful for all those moments and, 
and thankful for this community that I've lived in for so long and the way they've embraced me and, uh, and, you know, give me so many, uh, moments of, uh, of extreme joy and, and, uh, gratification okay well first of all we'd like to say thank you for everything you've done and also shout out to all those high school and college coaches man i love those guys you know i knew who you were talking about i just knew other people potentially didn't and that's hosting you know that that's oh, a, yeah. it's a it's obviously a weight to bear but i am strong enough to do so uh, are we going to get a book for the last uh um you know installment of the aaron Rodgers book club that has been a smashing success cfo phil is here so we'll be able to announce the amount of money that we raised for a reading advocacy group of your choosing for the book club shirts and everything like that. We cannot wait to make that announcement. You've made a real imprint here in a community that I never in a million years could have dreamed of being a part of. Uh, never read a book, but I'll get to it. I'm going to read them all in the off season. Uh, do you have another book and what is it? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about doing 1984 by George Orwell. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much on the nose. And then I realized... I realize it's been given some sort of designation recently that it has too much, uh, uh, you know, uh, triggering information. And oh, stuff. Jesus. Is this a, is this a misinformation oh, yeah. on a program? Yeah. Right? Am I going to get killed for what you just said? I don't know the book world enough. No, but I, I definitely have read 1984 by George Orwell, written in 1949, actually. And there are some striking similarities to the world that we live in today. Oh, okay. Oh. All, right. All right. But I... Uh, I don't have a book today. I was thinking about doing just a random pick of anything behind me, but I actually I was looking at the book list uh, yesterday, and I just thought it was full and complete. And I'm and I'm so thankful for all those books on there. Uh, the cool thing I will say, if you leave that up there, so I can reference that and what I'm saying. But I've heard from so many people this off season who said, or sorry, this season, thank you for the book uh, for the book club. I just read fill in the blank the alchemist you know i was just talking with a scout yesterday one of our longtime scouts and he goes you know what i read the alchemist this year it was it was awesome i usually read historical fiction or historical nonfiction. it was a great uh you know great break for me and i'm, I'm thankful for that i've you know heard from people who read uh crack hours book i got to i got to have uh you know communication with with uh with john who's been favorite author of mine for years and and uh you know to highlight uh, you know, Mark Manson talked about the subtle art of not giving a fuck. You know, the, the recent, he he made a uh, a reference to it, and and all the other self you know realization books on there. You are the universe. Uh, Ram Dass's book, um, you know, are super deep and meaningful to me. To highlight Alex Trebek's book, um, you know, for the role that he's played in so many of our lives it was pretty awesome. Obviously, the power of now I see on there. Um, what else do we got on that? I'm missing the giver. Multiple people came to me recommending the giver. It was fun to, to go back and read that one again. I remember, you know, being in seventh grade and having to read that. And, you know, I, I heard from somebody recently who said, you know what? The last book that I'd actually read was the giver. So I thought it was important now, 20 years later to go back and make the first book I've read since then the giver again. And they, you know, just this, the stories about people who are interested in reading has been, has been really cool. I'm thankful for that. And thankful to, uh, to spread, you know, some of those books that I personally read. One of these days, Pat, I, I hope that you don't rely strictly on Connor to, to give you the info on that. But but there are some there are some good books out there. Uh, in a world, a hypothetical world, where things fall back into place, um, you know, uh, and and we end up doing this again. 
um, oh, which is which, according to you, is the only God. that I win MVPs. No, 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 I never said that. I never, never, never uh, said that. No, 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 never said that. You know, that. definitely expanding on uh, on the book club and and finding some more organizations to uh, to help and encouraging encouraging. Uh, Reading advocacy would be pretty awesome, too. Well, I think you've done a great job, and you've opened my eyes. I mean, the book of Mark there, the subtle art, not mm -hmm. giving a fuck. That guy selling uh, cigs at the age of 12 or something yeah. like that. I was doing it at 10. Kindred spirits being the book of Mark. I can't wait to hopefully read that someday. Or uh, next year, Pat, quick, he could be in studio with you next year. He's wearing a blue... Hoodie and yeah, maybe he could be in studio with you playing oh. for another team. Well, and I saw. I hope not. I want you to be in Green Bay. Yeah, fuck off, AJ. No, 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 close would be cool too. The whole team shit. is built. Team is built. Team is ready to go. Team is stacked. We got an MVP in the backfield as well. In the, we started this conversation literally with me saying, "Oh, you look good in that blue." You know that is literally, and then allegedly the internet has heated up. But that is your life. Everything you do and say or hint towards is going to get speculated upon. We're excited to watch on as you make a decision that's going to affect a lot of lives i think what we should do we you know it'd be fun just to uh, you know troll some people who dislike you because you know you give me a platform to spread all my misinformation but uh in the past i've enjoyed leaking uh uh you know like when i re-signed i hit up james jones um i believe it was uh, just because I love JJ and he's like the anti-media media guy, you know, he's, he's so fun on TV and, and such an amazing teammate. Um, but, but, you know, some of us who played with him, like have given him like the first info, you know, and, and I know it pisses off, you know, the, the, the pros of the Schefters or Rappaports who are great at what they do. Wow. Um, you know, <laughs> I know it probably doesn't make them feel great, but, but if I, you know, when I come to a decision, I should probably come on on your show and oh, first, right? Hey, and come on, sure. come on in, dude! Yeah. Come on in, whenever the water. I'll, I'll come to Indy, you know, and we can we can we can do it in person. Yes, yes, yes. Put the yes. uniform on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do the whole thing. That'd be great. It'd be like a high school person, you know? Yeah. And they're Shiny, either picking up like the golf visor, I'm retiring. Mm -hmm. Everybody fuck <laughs> off. Or if you're doing the whole thing, we'd love that. We'd appreciate that. I, and even if that doesn't happen, I want to let you know we're all pumped for you, thankful for you, and hope that you can find happiness forever in whatever you decide. I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys. And come on the show. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for the, the forum to talk about things that are important to me. And thanks to all you guys for asking some good questions, as opposed to, I think, some of the rhetoric out there. You do have ask some tough questions. AJ, probably more than anybody, because he has a subtle way of weaving in these inside jokes that him and I have had for the last 15 years uh, in a way where nobody quite understands it, except for maybe me, uh, him, his wife, uh, Nate Weir, Spencer Havner, maybe a couple other people. Um, but I, I do appreciate uh, our time every single week. It's a lot of fun. You guys do an incredible job. I'm so happy for your, um, uh, you know, the money you guys have gotten to keep doing the show. You guys deserve every freaking penny of it. And keep doing doing you. Keep being uh, unapologetically yourselves and authentic to your true self, which is why people love you. They why they tune in. Uh, and why folks like myself want to be on the Pat McAfee show. So keep up the good work, boys. Much love. Uh, you know, I, I uh, was going to play a little Iris, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I thought a better song would be uh, Time of Your Life, but I actually uh, lost the sheet music, so I'm not going to do that. Oh, whenever you come, whenever you come, whenever you come and so do the I come. 
Yeah. When I come, we'll play a little bit, a little bit of that. Hey, when I come, a little, you a little come. green day, a little green day. We all come. We all come. We all come. When we all come you know, we we'll make we we'll make this whole thing happen. We appreciate you, man. Th thanks for stopping by. Our show ain't shit without people like you stopping by, giving us conversations. We're very thankful for the opportunity. Two years in a row. Uh, last question, actual question: You win the MVP or don't win the MVP? Does that change anything in your mind? No. Okay, cool. So it doesn't matter. All right, well, we hope you win, obviously. It'd be cool, Hell yeah. obviously, cool. Cool. but you, you deserve it as well. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, the reigning, defending, undisputed MVP of the NFL who's staring down an offseason that the entire world is going to be looking at. Mm -hmm. Golfing with TaylorMades, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, yeah. That was awesome, AJ. Hey. Yeah, man, it's good. I feel like we got a lot... I get attacked by people that don't watch the show often for how long my questions are. And I like to let people know that that is my strategy. You know, I like to give, I like to ask a question and then I like to get the bullshit cliche answer out of the way in my question so we can maybe get to the next layer, right? Like let's, I'm going to give this answer. If you give the same answer I just gave, you, they know they can't do it. Let's go a little bit deeper. I know that you are blah, 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 which is normally the first answer, but how come? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Didn't get him a chance, uh, didn't get a chance to chat about, you know, that game, why the rhythm was off. I think he talked about their defense being good, but the chat about his future, man, is so fascinating. I don't think he's retiring. Uh, no. no. I, don't, I don't think he's retiring. Do you, AJ? I mean, maybe. Who knows what's going to happen over the next two weeks, but it doesn't feel like that was a conversation with a man who's done with football. It doesn't, I mean, yeah, especially after the way that he played all year. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing him step away right now. Me too. But I have no clue. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't think he knows, so we'll see. Well, he said he's going to feel it. Intuition, his gut, kind of the universe, which has kind of been the book club all year. Excited to watch it. To all the boys, thank you so much for your hard work. I love you guys. Love, love you, man. That's the end of Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, season two. Pretty good. I yeah, think. not bad. Good. Well, not, good. Not, Very good. not the end quite yet. It might season be. two. Oh, season two. Season two. Yeah. Season two. Yeah. The announcement will be season yeah. three. Season two. The announcement will be a, it's like a it's Dwayne a, to Cronus. Yes. Christmas oh, it's a Christmas special. Okay. It's a Christmas special. And then we'll go on hopefully to season Amazing three. AJ, incredible work. We appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Uh, you didn't do that to Aaron. You didn't give him the. I did. Answer. We did. I did. Yeah. I did. Oh, you did. Okay. You just didn't. Also, I think it would be only right if we. Uh, Snap, snap that now. thing? No, I think this. No, I'm going to keep yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going in the city. By the way, I was thinking the entire time. And I wanted to say there, we would have known that you sent it if you had sent one maybe to you and Ty. Oh, okay. So you're expecting more out of the gifts. <laughs> not for me. Okay, no, for Ty. No, for others. If you look in a gift horse in the mouth. We talked about this. I wouldn't have had a note either, though. Yeah, um, but... Hey, let's not forget that uh, oh, this Aaron yeah. Rodgers Tuesday is presented by Arby's. Look, you know we love Arby's. Our go-to order is the beef and cheddar with no red ranch. Add a little bacon and curly fries with cheese. It never, ever fails. Yeah. <laughs> right now, on the $2, two-for-six menu, two-for-six-dollars, they have two dollar signs on her. Yeah. On the two-for-six-dollar menus, you can get the classic, uh, classic beef and cheddar, what? white cheddar mac what? and cheese, what? and the premium what? delicious nine-piece nine nine chicken nugget. Full-size sandwiches and meals with the high-quality meats you can only find at Arby's. They don't shrink them down to a junior version like you might find elsewhere. That's two full-size Arby's meals for $6 daily. The best deal in the game. Go get yours Today. Let's go. Beef and cheds. So beef and cheds, baby. The Can't best. beat them. Nine-piece nug. Oh, you get a beef on. and ched, nine-piece nug, curly fries. You're going to have to pay, what, like 50 cents for the cheese or whatever. Right. Six dollars. What a deal by Arby's. What a day for, you know, 
good conversation with folks. Thank you all so much for allowing us to be a part of your day-to-day. The fact that you allow us to penetrate your ear holes, I will be eternally grateful for it. Hashtag end of pod squad. Tweet where you're at. Ty Schmidt's been going through giving out free merch to folks. Uh, and I think we got to catch up on some, you know, last week's entries as well. We're so appreciative and grateful that you allow us in your lives. And once you get sick of us, we very much understand you move on and just don't tell anybody about it. But if you like this show, please be a friend. Tell a friend. We're back tomorrow with another big one. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Aaron Rodgers Tuesday evening.